Big Ten schools are getting commitments from some smaller recruits. So how do you sort through all the three stars your school is getting to know which ones you actually need to know? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about what's going on in the conference every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're joined to talk recruiting with our new Locked On recruiting expert on the gridiron, Brian Smith. He's with us here to break down everything that you need to know on what's going on across the Locked On network. So if you listen to other Locked On shows, you're going to be hearing him hop around all of the different college shows that we have here. But we've got him here right now, at least for a little bit, to talk about Big Ten players. And Brian, we've had some big commitments made over the last week. No sort of like huge high star players, but we'll get into what it all means. Before we get into anything, though, before we got on here, we were talking about just one guy who stuck out to you, and that's defensive lineman and Dylan Johnson, a three-star guy who commits to Northwestern. Tell us a little bit more about what you were telling me about why you like this guy so much. Usually when you get big body defensive linemen, they're more of a two-gap, you know, just kind of hold the line, let the linebackers make the play. This guy's 300 pounds plus, but he's a penetrator, uses his hands, can pass rush. Anytime you can get pass rush in the A gap, B gap, that really is disruptive. I was shocked that his ranking wasn't, quite frankly, much higher and that more teams hadn't gone after him. That is the kind of pickup that can change Northwestern's program. And I don't think he's going to sit the pine very long in Evanston, Illinois. And Northwestern was busy today. They got Dylan Johnson there at defensive line. Also offensive tackle Peyton Stewart, uh, interior offensive lineman Gabe Van Sickle. They're all ranked at three stars. But you have commitments like that coming for Northwestern. Uh, Minnesota was another school I noted as they've gotten a few commitments over the last week, unranked and then a three-star as well, and a guy like Julian Johnson who comes to that school out of Illinois. But as we're in this mode where you have a lot of those uh, lower-tier guys starting to commit here and guys who – are, to be quite honest, one of our bunch of three-star players who end up committing to Big Ten schools. When you're a Michigan or Ohio State, those three stars maybe don't matter as much, but when you're a Minnesota, a Northwestern, a pretty much anybody else in the Big Ten, you're going to have some of those three stars that make big impacts and some of them that just kind of pan out and aren't really ever heard from again. How do you, at this time, a commitment time, decipher which ones matter to a recruiting class, which ones are the good gets when you're trying to separate such a wide range of players that fit into that what we call three-star recruit measurables a buddy of mine studied this on notre dame and some other schools they went through it uh like over a five or ten year period they signed like 23 kids that were three-star blah 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 like one of them made it to the nfl four-star like 18 at, at over the same time period like eight of them did like d-liners i can't remember but the number was huge and my point was well how many of those guys had measurables that you would translate to the nfl draft height wingspan etc the johnson kid we just talked about a minute ago he's over 300 pounds and he can move those are transferable skills i don't care what his star ranking is does he have the ability to get in and push the pocket yes 
He's got hand technique, etc., to go with it. So then I don't care about the stars. The film just jumped out. It, it, every now and then, and this is a Chicago NQ, you and I were laughing about it. It's like, how does he not have a higher ranking? Sometimes it doesn't matter. The other thing you have to look at, what program are they coming from? This is just whether you know about the, like the area and the, and the high schools and stuff. Certain schools just churn out different types of prospects, DBs, O-line, et cetera. Chicago has always been great for as long as I've been alive for producing offensive linemen. Makes me feel a little better. A certain guy just got drafted out of Northwestern that a lot of people were iffy on out of high school. He went the first round. A Chicago kid. Is it surprising? Not really. You know what I mean? Those are the kinds of things I look at. And then finally, if you have some background or insight on him, just what's the grind like for him? Is it somebody that gets away with it based on natural ability? Or is this a kid that is just a workaholic? Three-star kids don't come out of, you know, 6'5", 225 pounds running 4'6". Those kids aren't ranked three-star. But if they've got work ethic and they can, you know, maybe they're 200 pounds out of high school and they can build up a redshirt year at Northwestern or something, and then all of a sudden, three years later, they're 240 and they're an edge rusher. They get 10 sacks in the Big Ten. It depends on the player, but the measurables and the effort, that's what I really look for. And then a little bit about the high schools, too. Uh, you mentioned before we get on to like just team need matters a whole lot. Like with Northwestern, oh, yeah. they need guys who are on the outside. Uh, when you're talking about like, say, a Northwestern team, for example, who needs that kind of help when they sign those kind of guys? Uh, I mean, is that something, you know, fans should be getting more excited about compared to like these 100%. offensive linemen, these guys in the trenches? Think about Northwestern. They are coached well. That's not a newsflash. When they get beat by Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, whatever it is, it's usually a skill problem, meaning a corner got beat, a receiver for the other team just won a jump ball. It's about flat-out skill, is natural ability. They're not getting the same receivers Ohio State is, not that anybody else is either, but they have to at least be more competitive with recruiting, specifically at corner. Uh, for instance, one of the kids that I looked at, this past signing day, they got Fussell. He's a kid out of Ohio. Ohio State kind of recruits nationally. They've let more kids out of that state in the last five to ten years. Northwestern is, is taking advantage. They're getting a, a, quite a few kids out of the greater Midwest area that they may not have 20 years ago. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State kind of recruiting more nationally. You get kids like him, you can change things around. He can play man coverage. Those are specifically the kinds of kids that can change a program like Northwestern because while Skronsky was a guy that they want, you know, local kid or whatever, at offensive tackle, there's a lot of those. There are very few corners coming out of the greater Chicago, Detroit area, et cetera, that aren't getting gobbled up by Michigan and Ohio State. So when one does, that's the kid they got to look at. They have to hit on those kids that are three-star at corner, at receiver, that can really run. That's the difference. If they're going to get in the Big Ten title game or be in that, that conversation, outside the numbers, brother. They've, they've got to get better outside the numbers. You mentioned Northwestern's recruiting better than it has in what it's gotten, say, 20 years ago. Is there any other schools in the Big Ten who, at least off first thought, stick out to you as doing just something that they wouldn't have been able to do five, ten years ago as far as recruiting goes? I think – it's, it's well, I'm going to catch flack for this because of their offense corner. But Iowa, d- despite the coaching situation, they're going to get beat up until Kirk's kids, not the OC. They've done a good job of picking up kids like Florida, Georgia, et cetera, the running back they just had at Iowa. He's from Georgia. Those are the kinds of situations where if you can just pluck a couple of skill kids, 
out of the South, out of Texas, et cetera. Iowa under Hayden Fry used to recruit the heck out of Texas. And it worked out well. They were top 10 team many times. You're not going to get a ton of skill kids in the Midwest comparatively. You have to be able to recruit in warm weather states. They know that. Uh, would have been in New Jersey or PA or something too, but that's the key. And Iowa's done that. And I really think, you know, Nebraska tried to make their hay in Florida, but a bunch of those kids transferred out. You got to find a happy niche somewhere because there's not enough skill. So I think that Iowa's an example of it, but they've done a better job with that talent on defense. Obviously, they're very, very, very sound on defense. And then hopefully now with the leagues expanding and all that, some of these schools will have more access to California talent because it's not like there's any problem getting corners out of there. That's going to help schools like Northwestern, Iowa, et cetera. Brian Smith's our new recruiting expert here at Locked On. First time with us here at Locked On Big Ten will not be the last. Brian, before we let you go, uh, just again off the top of your head, any dates coming forward that you feel like people should be keeping an eye on if they're recruiting or want to follow recruiting as far as just uh, either commitments, camp, stuff like that? What's next on the calendar for Big Ten fans and fans around the country to be looking at? The month of June is kind of all-encompassing. I know Ohio State has a couple of big weekends, etc. Last year when we went to the June quote-unquote calendar for the big recruiting stuff, a lot of the really high-end four- and five-star kids would go through four or five visits, and then the first week or so of July, it just went boom. Every time I looked down at my phone, I'd get a message that somebody's either getting ready to commit or just committed. And a lot of the times I was just caught Hands down, I had no idea. Some of these kids kind of try to create their own news. So while you're barbecuing for 4th of July, you may get some of those texts or those messages on your phone from whatever service you, you go to. And I think that's going to be kind of the new rule. And also of note, because the NCAA lifted the number, you can now take more than five official visits. We're even going to have more wild stuff in the fall because kids that take these four and five and get a little tired in the summer, they might re-up in the fall and take some more. So it's going to change again. Uh, It's going to be more signing day decisions than ever. I think late November into the first week of December is going to be wild. Well, whatever madness goes down, we'll be looking forward to getting you on here to help us break it down with us. Brian Smith, again, new recruiting expert here at Locked On. You'll be able to hear him across a lot of these Locked On college podcasts because I know a lot of people are itching to get his ear and get his expertise on the show. So we look forward to having you back on here soon, Brian, and thank you for joining us for a couple of minutes here on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Brian Smith for joining us here on the program today. We'll have him back in ASAP to get us updates on anything that goes on in Big Ten recruiting here over the summer. Because as he was telling us, things are starting to gear up in this recruiting cycle. We'll talk again to John soon. And after this, we're going to get into things with Jacob Root. As Indiana basketball has picked up a huge five-star commitment in McKenzie Mbako. We'll talk about what he brings to the Hoosiers and how he can fill some big shoes left behind in Bloomington. That's coming up in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, if you're looking for a delicious treat that doesn't break the bank, but also doesn't break your diet, you can head over to Built.com and try out Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar has all the nutrition that you could ever want. 130 calories or less in every bar. 4 net grams of carbs and sugar in every bar. And 17 grams of protein packed into each one. All surrounded by 100% real chocolate to make the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar without giving up 
any of the nutritional value that you come to the protein bars for. You can head over to Built.com right now to check out all of the products available to you. New flavors are coming out all the time. And you can also head over to Sam's Club or your local Walmart to see what they have in stock in Built Bar. Again, new flavors are always out. So if you haven't been over to the website recently, try it again right now. That's Built.com. And once again, let them know that Locked On sent you. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're joined on the show by the host of Locked On Hoosiers, Jacob Rood. If you want to know everything about what's going on at Indiana, you can follow his show there. And right now, Hoosiers are getting a big, big boost on the hardwood as Mackenzie Mbako, a five-star recruit and top 10 recruit in this class, commits to Indiana. This is a guy who had had a little bit of a wild recruitment coming into this decision. He ends up picking the Hoosiers. And before we get into the actual choice and how big of a, a get this is for Mike Woods and just in the recruiting context, about what he does in the hardwood, Jacob, what is this guy bringing as a five-star commit to Indiana and Bloomington? A lot of things. A lot of things that Indiana needed. Uh, obviously, they have quite a bit of turnover from the, the team last season. It was a very veteran-laden team, and pair that with Jalen hood Shafino going to the draft, and they had four of their uh, five starting spots open. So he's going to walk right in into that starting lineup. He's going to be uh, – one of the ways I think that probably best subs- uh, describes him is that he's the type of player I used struggled against and the type that they've needed for quite a while just as a, a powerful wing that can – create his own shot, knock down shots from the mid-range, a little bit of an outside shot. So uh, he checks a lot of boxes for what Indiana needed. They had a, a really big hole in this uh, three spot. And so to, to land him meant a, a number of things. But just on the court, this was a, a really big win for the Hoosiers. Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, myself included, are asking the question of how do you balance the expectations because you get this great guy, but Indiana still loses a whole lot, of course, at the end of last season. So if you're a Hoosier fan, obviously this is better than what you had a week ago. But just as far as like the outsider's perspective looking in, Indiana last season to this upcoming season, how much does he make up for what the Hoosiers are losing? Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's going to be a number of guys. I'm not really sure what the expectations for this team are going to be yet. They still have one more scholarship spot that they're going to end up filling probably with a guard or someone on the perimeter. But I don't know what the expectations will be because it's just so many new faces. Uh, There's going to end up being seven players coming in to this team this season via transfer or as a recruiting class. So it's a lot of change. It's going to be a new offense as well. They're not going to play kind of the old school traditional style. Uh, If nothing else though, getting, I mean, you get a top 10 recruit like that. You get someone like Kalel where you have Xavier Johnson coming back. I mean, they're going to be expected to compete on some level. And I think some of this is just going to be, figuring out what they have as they go. Maybe it's a, a talented team. We'll, we'll see how talented it, it – a lot of it depends on how all those pieces gel together. It certainly won't be the expectations they had of last season, but um, 
it's going to be really interesting. But yeah, as you kind of said, when you land a top 10 recruit like that, it does raise the expectations. He, he doesn't come here to be a middling team and he's talented enough and really kind of helps complement a lot of other players in that Hoosier starting lineup that I think they will be a competitive team this season. With a guy like him coming in, obviously it boosts things for Indiana. Uh, can you give us just a quick rundown of how he got to the Hoosiers? Because, I mean, this isn't even his first commitment here. Yeah, it's a, it was a wild one. So he was originally committed to Duke for, for a while. And uh, Kyle Filipowski, when he returned to Duke, Mbako decommitted um, because, I mean, mainly he wasn't going to get kind of the opportunity he thought he was going to get there. He decommitted. It was a very quiet uh, recruitment process. There wasn't anything that really leaked out. The, initially, it was just that a lot of teams had reached out to him, and then out of nowhere, it, it went, here's his final four schools. Uh, he went, took visits to St. John's, took a visit to Kansas, took a visit to IU, had one scheduled for Louisville, didn't end up taking that visit. And then announced his final two was Kansas and Indiana. And, I mean, in all honesty, everything was kind of trending toward it being Kansas and them getting both Hunter Dickinson and Mbako in kind of a, a week, a little more than a week span there. But it was, a, I guess, a, a recruitment battle that went all the way to the finish line. And uh, the Hoosiers, I mean, notably, they got some help from Carmelo Anthony. He, uh, Him and Mike Woodson have a relationship dating back to the NBA. So Carmelo Anthony reached out to Mbako and kind of convinced him and, and talked up Mike Woodson and whatnot. And all of that was just enough for the Hoosiers to, to get it over the line and land his commitment. I mean, you mentioned Carmelo Anthony could do I mean. How do you be doing this kind of stuff? Top guys in the portal, top guys in the recruiting class. I mean, some things that the previous IU coaches before him have been trying to rebuild this program just haven't been able to do, and is seemingly doing them with ease. How does he do it? Yeah, it's all. Uh, it, it's. <laughs> It's a, it's a great question. I mean, he's kind of gotten the nickname of the closer, and that's kind of how um, he's treated a little bit in that a lot of the – I mean, he's an older guy. That, I think that was a lot of the critis or maybe that criticism, concerns about him when he took the job is can he just do the recruiting aspect and, and all that stuff where you're out and about. And what's kind of happened is he'll do that, but – a lot of the assistants do a lot of the footwork and a lot of the stuff of getting the recruits to campus. And then once Mike Woodson talks to him, he kind of seals the deal and closes the deal. It's happened time and time again. It happened with Malik Renew last year. He had other visits scheduled as well, and he just didn't even take him and committed on his uh, visit to Indiana. So it's happened another a number of times. This is the third time that I use landed a five-star recruit in the spring. So a little bit's been good fortune, just being having the ability to recruit these guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Woodson's kind of got this nickname as the guy that can seal the deal, the closer. And um, you're not, I mean, you're not wrong. This has been something that uh, a lot of other coaches have been trying to do for some time. And he's kind of coming in here and, in surpassing all those with with the amount of talent he can get into this program and we've seen he can coach him up too so there's a lot of optimism and excitement about uh, where the Hoosiers are going to go now.
Woodson certainly earning a reputation as a college basketball coach here, something that not many people were, I'm sure, were sure was going to be the case when he took this job. Yep. But we'll see what he ends up doing here in this winter as, again, he's got one of the top transfers and one of the top recruits coming in to fill some big shoes left behind Indiana. We'll see what ends up happening, of course, as that progresses. And as it does, Jacob Root will be on it over at Locked On Hoosiers. We'll have him on the show next time we need to here on Locked On Big Ten. But until then, subscribe to the show over there at Locked On Hoosiers. And we'll talk to you again soon, Jacob. Always look forward to it. Thank you to Jacob Rude for joining the show. Thank you again to Brian Smith earlier for coming on and talking recruiting with us. Before we wrap things up, let's get a look at all of the news from around the Big Ten. Big news from over the weekend to fill you in on. Players of the Week in baseball have been announced before we talk about postseason action. In baseball, Indiana's Josh Pine has won Player of the Week. Minnesota's Connor Wheatgrief has won Pitcher of the Week, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Connor. And Michigan's Mitch Voigt is your Freshman of the Week on the Diamonds. In broadcasting news, CBS will broadcast the Iowa-Penn State game in prime time on September 23rd. It'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern time. This is the first season that CBS will broadcast Big Ten football. They'll have a limited schedule this year before getting that full 3.30 time slot next season. In other news, Northwestern, Indiana, Minnesota, and Nebraska have all qualified for the NCAA softball tournament. They will all host regionals and have outstanding chances, of course, to move on in that tournament. Big Ten dominates on the softball field. In track and field, Nebraska has won the men's outdoor Big Ten title. The women's title goes to Michigan. And Michigan also winners in the Big Ten rowing championship. The Michigan women take that title for another Big Ten title in their spring season. That's all for Locked On Big Ten today. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Be sure to follow along with the show wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter, too. It's at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end when you type it out, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports on Twitter. We'll talk to you next time here on Locked On Big Ten.